0: Other than this, guys, vegan dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Wednesday episode of the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching.
1: Kyle, happy Wednesday to you. Happy Thanksgiving Eve. We're going to have two good football games tomorrow. I don't know if we're going to have three, because Baltimore's obviously got the, the COVID outbreak. I think they're up to 10 positive tests. Um, but... I am thankful for NFL football and college football this season. So even if, in the spirit of Thanksgiving, Joe, we don't get Steelers Ravens tomorrow, I am still going to be thankful to watch the Houston Texans eat a big fat massive L on national television tomorrow.
0: Who do they play again?
1: Detroit. They're going to win. <laughs> They're a million the fun game
0: though. I mean, for the circumstances is it, of those teams, is it? See if the Lions will scratch and claw. Oh, After God. getting shut out by the Panthers.
1: They're 4-6 and six now, Detroit. Yeah. Playoff lives on the line.
0: I think the Texans showed plenty of fight in Deshaun, man, right? Like, we just know what he's capable of.
1: Hey, did, did you see his stats the last two games versus New England? Is he dicing them up? <laughs> he's destroying them. Now take that and play a v- worse version of New England in Detroit. Yeah, sick. Deshaun's going to throw for 450 tomorrow.
0: So you and Shuby are mad. I'm a little mad you guys are pissed.
1: Yeah, so the college football playoff. Chris, what ground your gears the worst about the college football playoff rankings from yesterday? The first round of rankings for 2021. I mean,
2: let me join. Let me join the group of everybody who's mad at BYU being 14. Because this is a joke. It's ridiculous. Just don't don't be phony with me, college football playoff committee. Just don't rank group of five teams. Right? I know you put Cincinnati seven. That's nice. That's the highest you've ever put a group of five team ever. Just just don't be phony. Right? It, 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 there's no way that BYU is a worse football team ranking wise than Iowa State. It just doesn't work that way. And for for the committee to come on and be like, well, you know. BYU we we, they're playing extremely well Zach Wilson he's an extremely talented quarterback but their schedule you know their schedule really is what gets in their way stop they had six power five games on their schedule COVID forced them to change it they piecemeal the schedule together and by the way they're blowing the doors off of everybody they've put on that piecemeal schedule it's not like they're barely getting by they've won every one of their games except one by 17 or more points and then the one game they do have on the schedule that's "Quote unquote relevant Boise State." The committee chair goes, "You know, when we looked at that game, Boise State, they weren't, you know, fully healthy. They weren't, you know, it's just they. BYU caught them at a good time. Fine, then just don't rank Group of Five teams. Just make it the Power Five playoff and spare me the discussion for six, eight weeks.
1: We should just end the show now. We're good.
0: <laughs> I we've been to church. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> Preach. <laughs> Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Look at the teams that are in front of." a nine and O BYU team and, and start with Iowa state who lost at home to Louisiana. Okay. Indiana four and one, whatever. They had some nice wins. Their resume win to this point. Is it still Penn state? Oh, and five Penn state. Is that the resume win? We're going to point to it. Say, Oh my God, Indiana. Now they gave Ohio state a nice run, but Ohio state took their foot off the gas. They should have covered. What was that spread? 20, 20 and, 20 and a, a half. half. Yeah. And they obviously won by Ohio state won by seven, but like, it was 42 21, like with 20 minutes left in the game. Um, Northwestern, 5 0, spare me. I'm not even going to get started on trying to justify why I think BYU should be ahead of Northwestern. <laughs> a two-team or two-lost Georgia team, who I get it. They're Georgia. They play in the SEC. They got Kirby Smart. They've got a, a JV high school player who played quarterback for the first month of the season before they put JT Daniels in, and they got boat raced by both relevant teams that they played this year. It's outrageous.
0: I think you can make it a case for Miami as well. I mean, they, they, they both have one win over a ranked team, and one team has seven of them, one has nine total wins.
1: At least Miami, like, Flies around, plays good defense. They got an explosive court. Like even from just the eyeball test, like I don't know how you justify Georgia nine. So
0: you laid out the course for like three teams. So if it was eleven, I think is you guys would be
1: happier. They should be a top ten team. Yeah, not they even should, Clark. They should be ahead of Iowa State. I think they should be ahead of Indiana. Oklahoma's had some ugly games this year. I'd put them over Oklahoma. I would. I would personally put them over Miami, yes. I would put them over Georgia. I would put them over Northwestern. Oh, exactly. So, yeah, they should be a top-eight team and stack right with Cincinnati. And you know I like Cincinnati or BYU's resume more than Cincinnati. I'd put those two at 7-8 at worst right now.
2: And then sure. when you do that, and when you put them there, then we can have the conversation of BYU's schedule doesn't match up to the rest of these teams. But to put them 14 and then use the schedule as the justification for 14, honestly, it tells me you're not watching. You're not watching them play football. You're just not. And you're just like, yeah, we'll just put them in there somewhere. It's it just it. This is another example. I, I've done this with UCF in years past. It's just another example. They just don't care about the group of five, which is fine. Then don't put on this phony, you know, song and dance about, oh, you know, if these teams play well enough and they do what they got to do. They'll get in there because they won't. They, they've proven this time and time again
1: never mind the fact that Wisconsin, by the way, who is two and 2-1, has played three football <laughs> games this year and was bad. Uh, their last game that they played is in front of teams like 7-0 and Marshall, who's a very good football team this year. Don't even get me started on the nonsense of game day going to the freaking Masters instead of Marshall on the, what, 50-year anniversary of the plane crash that, that claimed their entire team in 1970? That's a whole nother travesty. And Joe, you, our Shanta clears 8 0. Right. With some really quality wins.
0: You're going to have to go to six teams in this playoff, and you're going to have to have an automatic spot for a group of five team, or else we're
1: just going to always do this, I think. No, just make another national championship. Do a group of six college football playoff, and a Does that power feel five. Though? I mean, Le- and then let them play each other at the end.
0: The winner of each? Yeah. Wow, you, I mean, that's more drastic than what I suggested.
1: I mean, I'm I'm trying to come up with solutions that are going to give everybody the the shake. So you expand the playoff, you put the Power 5 teams on one side of the bracket, you put the group of six teams on the other side of the bracket, play them again. Mm. Or you seed them.
0: I like one through six. The first two get a buy, and you have at least one automatic bid for the highest-ranking group of five team.
1: You would think the NCAA, with how much they love... Making decisions based off money would, would gravitate definitely towards more <laughs> football games. but All right. I feel better. I don't know yeah. if Chris feels better. No, well, thank I you for better.
2: letting me do that off the top of the show. I feel better today.
0: So here's the plan today.
2: Yeah. Meat <laughs> that was not the plan.
0: <laughs> the
1: meat and potatoes today is 30... I See what you did there, meat and potatoes on yeah, Thanksgiving. Full of it all, You're right? Dumb.
0: 32 teams, 32 minutes. Schubert is steering the ship. Kyle and I will be put on the spot. We don't know the order of the teams, and we've had maybe 10 minutes to think about this in the pre-show, and I'm sure neither one of us actually spent time thinking about it. Kyle's going to give us an NFL football team, and we have 30 seconds to say what they are most thankful for, whatever comes to the top of our head quickly. So we have a holiday theme. We have word association. We're covering all 32 teams, so this ought to be fun.
2: All right, are both of you uh, gentlemen ready for this? I have no idea of the order either, by the way. You said you don't know the order. I don't know the order. I just have the teams on a list here uh, next to me. Uh, Looking at it, you know what, guys? Let's start here. Totally off the grid. Kyle, we'll start with you. And again, let's keep these short. The Denver Broncos, what what do they have to be thankful for?
1: Uh, Elite football players on their roster. With Justin Simmons and Bradley Chubb and Garrett Bowles is suddenly becoming a very high-end, high-caliber left tackle, you you and uh, rewatched the the Dolphins game and charting the Dolphins offense and thirty one and fifty five won on the football game.
0: I guess for me, I I would say health from Bradley Chubb. I think that's been a a big boost for their defense. A, a ton of pressure he's creating this year. And Alexander Johnson, I, I feel like this guy's story from a lot of question marks regarding the legal stuff at Tennessee to not really getting a, a look as a draft prospect to be coming. A really good middle linebacker for Vic Fangio's defense. So
2: that's where I would uh, would focus. Joe, we'll start this next one with you, the Atlanta Falcons.
0: <laughs> the Atlanta Falcons. Oh man. Um I guess I, they should be thankful for what's next, right? I think that they're got out of this this little rut that they're in with under Coach Quinn after the Super Bowl loss. It just feels like they couldn't finish games. They're 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 dealing with so many injuries and getting behind the eight ball and going on runs, but it's not good enough. I feel like the reset's going to be good for them.
1: I would go with the potential that Raheem Morris has shown them as a potential heir to the head coaching position. Uh, Raheem had an opportunity to be a young head coach with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I think there were some valuable lessons that he learned throughout his time there. And if he does get uh, the opportunity and he continues to, to have this team performing well in the interim, Uh, I think he should definitely be in consideration to keep the job full time.
0: When it comes to getting or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as the feeling of accomplishment of hitting your fitness goals and feeling great about yourself. Echelon can get you there. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their all new stride smart treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity is, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of your home. Their world-class instructors will motivate you with thousands of daily live and on-demand studio-level classes, always available when you need them. Unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone, and one membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. Right now, you can try any Echelon fitness equipment at home for 30 days. Go to echelonfit.com slash NFL. That's E C
1: H E L O N dot slash NFL. Today's episode is brought to you by Axon Taser. Whenever you're away from home taking a family road trip or getting some outdoor adventures, you need to plan for the safety of you and your family. Taser gives you the tools you need to protect yourself safely. Taser's line of non-lethal self-protection devices are small and lightweight enough to carry with you or in your glove compartment or purse. And yet they are still nonetheless powerful enough to incapacitate an attacker. Guns carry unnecessary risks for you and those around you, and even pepper spray can harm you as as much as your attacker, and it's often ineffective. Taser products are safer and easy to use. They use an electrical charge to immobilize attackers for up to 30 seconds, allowing you time to escape and send emergency dispatch to your GPS location. Taser devices come loaded with features like laser-assisted targeting and emergency dispatch, which will send a response team to your GPS location upon firing. Taser is available without a permit in most U.S. states. You can get the Taser Pulse Plus or Taser Strike Light at taser.com with promo code NFL to save 15%. That's taser.com, promo code NFL to save 15%. T-A-S-E-R.com. Restrictions apply. Please see the site for details.
2: The Washington football team, Kyle.
1: Uh, Ron Rivera. Uh, I... I look at each of the remaining schedules for the NFC East and Washington is in last place in the division right now at three and seven and they're half a game out of first place with a head to head tiebreaker over the Philadelphia Eagles, by the way, who are in first place at three, six and one Ron Rivera is the coach out of everybody who's here right now. And what everybody's shown who I think with a veteran quarterback and Alex Smith can get his team aligned to push for a division championship, potentially six and 10 division championship. But nevertheless, uh, I think they have winnable games on their schedule. I think Ron Rivera will get it done and get them a division title this year.
0: I think I'm going to go with Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson. In those two young players, they've got a couple of playmakers. Now, they're not deep enough. They need more. They need a better offensive line. they got to find their quarterback. But I think for the first time in a while, you felt like they at least had a running back and a wide receiver (laughs) that they can build around and can uh, be dynamic at the skill positions.
2: The Jacksonville Jaguars, Joe. That there's
0: two really good quarterback prospects in this coming draft. So even if they don't get Trevor Lawrence, uh, because that would require the Jets to win a game, uh, they're going to be able to get Justin Fields, which would be a really exciting new direction at quarterback.
1: Yeah, I wish I had something additional to add. But it's be thankful that Justin Fields is also eligible. Uh, and it's not a a, a one and then a 3A, and 3B mm-hmm. option at, at quarterback for a team that very definitely would like to uh, infuse some excitement around their organization.
2: The Chicago Bears, Kyle. Uh, <sighs>
1: <laughs> okay. No,
2: listen, listen. We, we hit our first roadblock.
1: <laughs> listen, my mind first went to Eddie Jackson, but I know he's, he's currently on the reserve COVID-19 list. Another one of my brand players for this team is Eddie Goldman, and he opted out of the season. They don't have any quarterbacks, of promise. Alan Robinson's on an expiring contract. David Montgomery turns out he is who we thought he was, and he stinks, and he's not this magical unicorn of a running back who blends all the best traits of everybody together. So are supposed
2: to be thankful, Kyle, thankful.
1: Uh, getting back to full health and capacity on defense in 2021.
0: I'll say that they're back picking in the first round. It feels like it's been a long time, right since they've been in there after trading for Khalil Mack. So, I think that they're excited to to be back in the market for getting premium young players.
2: The San Francisco 49ers, Joe.
0: Oh, that's another. You're giving all the tough ones to start. Um Kyle Shanahan, I think is what they should be most thankful for because of him, you know, I think he's hidden a lot of issues on that roster and even when They don't have full strength offensively. It's still a pain in the ass offense to deal with with that scheme. So uh, he's going to give them a chance regardless of of shortcomings on on their team.
1: I would say. um, Yeah, the, the chance to identify a new quarterback and a potential quarterback change is something they should be thankful for. I think this season has kind of provided them with some clarity as far as. Jimmy G is not somebody we should hitch our wagon to long term, and if they can get out of that mentality and they can make a change, I think it would really help unlock a lot of potential for the rest of this team.
2: All right, Joe was complaining about me going too uh, too hard off the bat, so Kyle, you get the Tennessee Titans here.
1: Uh, man, I, I'm really excited about what Mike Vrabel as a whole is able to do. You know, you look at this team and. Oh, John Robinson, when he first came in, they they had, what, three consecutive, nine and seven seasons, and it seems like they've finally kind of uh, gotten over that plateau, and I think Mike Vrabel and, and what he's able to do as a head coach has been a, a big catalyst for a lot of that in addition to uh, giving Ryan T- uh, Tannehill the second lease on life as a starting quarterback that he very clearly needed and deserved.
0: I thought about going with Ryan Tannehill and then him proving that the nine game sample size last year was something that was the new normal for him. But I, I kind of want to take a weird angle here and go with the defense because the defense isn't playing well, but it's very talented. They have better players than what it's producing right now. And so with that, a team that you know is is definitely in the AFC South race, realizing that you can get better with the players that you have this year by them performing better because you have talent leads you to believe that maybe there's better football coming ahead for them.
2: All right, Joe. I'll throw you a softball here since you're going first. Buffalo Bills.
0: I would say Josh Allen improving in areas of quarterback play that typically don't happen with decision-making and accuracy. And it's been – the Bills bet on themselves three years ago to to, to get this out of Josh Allen, and it, it's happening. And I, I really don't know what else you could say. Stephon Diggs, but Josh Allen actually improving. Chill, man.
1: I've only got so many nice things I could say about the Bills, and Stephon Diggs was going to be my slam dunk be thankful for because whatever they traded for him, you could have traded, you could have upped the price by 50%, and it'd still be worth it with the way Stephon Diggs is playing this year. He's been one of the best top five receivers in the NFL this season. And to see him come into a receiving core that is as deep as Buffalo's is and still very clearly be the alpha option and high volume option, I think says a lot about his abilities. I think this one is obvious, Kyle, but the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, Justin Herbert. (laughs) Be thankful that Justin Herbert uh, is exceeding even the expectations of the people who really liked him in the pre-draft process and, and is on pace, statistically speaking, for the most impressive rookie season in NFL history for a rookie quarterback And he didn't even start one game this season because we had to get to Rod Taylor. That start against the Bengals in week one,
0: 25 touchdowns and four turnovers and nine starts. Your first nine starts in the NFL. Come on now. I'm just going to expand on Herbert because I did a bunch of work on him yesterday because the Bills are playing the Chargers this week. I try to go through I go through every quarterback splits every week and I try to find those. Aha, that's where he struggles. I couldn't find it. Whether it's play action, not play action, he holds onto the football for two and a half seconds or more. Gets out, get out of his hands quick. Whether he's blitz, not blitz, pressured, not pressured. This dude's passer rating is over a hundred in all of those circumstances. Dude's a stud. The Chargers should be real happy about him.
1: Real, pit- real, real quick, real quick, real uh, quick. Justin Herbert is on pace for 397 completions, which would be the highest for a rookie in NFL history. 4,498 passing yards, which is first all time. In NFL history among rookies and 37 passing touchdowns, which would be first all time amongst NFL rookie quarterbacks. And his Justin,
2: his Justin Herbert is good. Line's
0: not even good. They haven't even had Eckler healthy. Like, come on.
1: The
2: Pittsburgh Steelers.
1: Oh, Kevin Colbert is my answer here. And the reason why is you look at what this team has assembled on the offensive side of the ball. And All of their high contributors, other than Eric Ebron, are players that they drafted: James Connor, Ben Roethlisberger, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster. You go right down the freaking line, and then you flip your eyes over to the defense side of the ball. They made the decision, a controversial decision at the time, to trade a first-round pick when they were had just found out they're going to play the entirety of their 2019 season without Ben Roethlisberger. They traded their one to Miami for Minka Fitzpatrick, and then they drafted. T.J. Watt, Hayward, and all these other studs. Kevin Colbert's done an amazing job assembling a, a Super Bowl caliber roster there in Pittsburgh.
0: I was blown away to learn that Ben Roethlisberger is the fastest trigger in the NFL in terms of getting the ball out out of his hands, time to throw. And I think they should be happy or thankful that Ben Roethlisberger is back, but also that he's been willing to adjust his style of yeah. play to what works for him at this point in his career um getting the ball out quick it's a different ben and they're 10 and 0 i don't have a very impressive resume but they've got i mean they beat cleveland and tennessee and baltimore which are good wins and uh they're i mean they're the number one seed in the afc right now
2: yeah the college football playoff committee would probably have them third in the afc uh joe the new york giants (laughs) (laughs)
0: um that daniel jones has has beaten a football team that's not washington
1: oh good good pull
0: and because of that they're right in the thick of the NFC East race. Oh man, I I feel like that's so lame. Uh they're playing better on defense, they're playing close games, you know? Like they're not a good football team record-wise, but they're in it. And so that shows growth and I guess that's what they should be most thankful for.
1: Growth is the name of the game for the Giants. Daniel Jones is showing some growth. The offensive line is not giving up pressures and hits to the same degree in which they were for as bad as the Cincinnati Bengals we're at protecting Joe Burrow this season. The Giants gave up as many hits to Daniel Jones in his first nine games last year. So mm-hmm. development all around first year head coach and Joe judge. I'm not ready to buy in on Joe judge yet, but I think player development uh, from a lot of their young players is what they should be most thankful. for.
2: All right, Kyle, I gave Joe the softball earlier. I will give it to you. The Miami dolphins,
1: Brian Flores. Uh, you look at, you know, you, the contenders and, and names that are most commonly associated with coach of the year. And it's, it's Mike Tomlin and we could probably put Kevin Stefanski in that bucket now with the Browns at seven and three. And Brian Flores is the other name that he's been like number two in the betting odds for the past month. And, uh, what he's been able to do coaching an entirety of a team that plays a team brand of football, offense, defense, and special teams with, a rookie starting quarterback, three starting rookies on the offensive line as a rookie starting running back right now. Their slot receivers are a rookie. Uh, they got rookies starting on multiple levels on defense at this point in time. So it, he's doing a lot with a little and, and very little experience.
0: Uh, obviously, Brian Forrest is where you have to start winning record over the last nine last year, six and four so far this year. And what, what's what's been I think what's been the the piss off point if you will as the Bills feel like they're at this point where they can win this division is that Miami has gotten there quicker than I think anybody wants to admit that they can like in terms of being competitive a lot of that goes to to Brian Flores but also like you got four top 50 picks right now you got two ones and two twos and you're in the top 10 in cap space so you're turning around quick and there's a whole lot of more young talent coming to this football team
2: All right Joe I want to see what you do with this one What do the Detroit Lions have to be thankful for? (laughs) Um,
0: That Matt Patricia has built a resume that makes it a slam dunk that he can be fired, right? I mean, I don't think there's any more time necessary to allow him to put his fingerprints on this organization to realize that he's a terrible coach. So new beginnings, once again, for the Detroit Lions.
1: I am going to go in a little different direction. You guys should be thankful for Matt Stafford. And I think the entirety of the NFL is not as thankful for Matt Stafford, the quarterback and the talent as they should be. And Detroit, I understand Stafford has been unable to drag this poorly run franchise out of the depths of despair and and mediocrity, but Matt Stafford, I hope when it's all said and done, you look back on Matt Stafford and his play with Detroit and there is nothing but the best of thoughts because he is a greatly underappreciated talent in the NFL.
0: You've heard us rave about Built Bar on this podcast before. It is the best tasting protein bar on the planet. Delicious flavors. And it's super healthy for you. If you haven't tried it yet, this is the time to do it. We've got Black Friday specials coming for you. Cyber Monday specials coming for you. So beginning on Thanksgiving Day at 5 o'clock, the all-new White Chocolate Bars are being released. You can get the white chocolate cookies and cream and the white chocolate salted caramel. They both drop on Thursday at five o'clock, and there's deals that go along with them. With every purchase, you will get two free candy cane brownie bars with every item purchased and 25% off all products all weekend long, in addition to using our promo code locked on. You'll get an extra discount. So that's Black Friday, Cyber Monday. There's more white chocolate coming your way. The white chocolate cherry sundae and the white chocolate coconut deluxe bars all drop. Again, you'll still get two free candy cane brownie bars with every item purchased and 25% off and one free advent calendar with every purchase. So go to BuiltBar.com and get 25% off for Black Friday. Get the bonus deals and use our promo code LOCKEDON for an additional discount.
1: Kyle? the New Orleans Saints? Uh, that Sean Payton's got a plug-and-play system that you can put anybody in there to play quarterback and and have success. And I'll say this on a serious note, uh, Taysom t- Hill slander aside, the defense has really played well over the course of the past month. Uh, they've been able to turn up the the heat on opposing teams. They've had great success against Tampa Bay in both games that they've played there and you have to feel super optimistic if you're a Saints fan. And Eight and two, you swept the bucks. Uh You're really well positioned, once again, to get over the hump in the postseason. And one of your biggest threats in Tampa, uh, you seem to just be able to dominate every time you line up from them.
0: They should be thankful for the NFL sack leader Trey Hendrickson. They there you go. gave up two first round picks for Marcus Davenport. Some people were critical of the move, and it hasn't worked out. And um he's a really nice rotational defensive end, but you've got the sack leader and Trey Hendrickson that was already on your team at the time. Uh, that is made up for that that void that you were hoping to get Marcus down.
2: I, I remember the guy who was critical. Of that yeah, was fun. I, I that was a fun time. I don't remember him at yeah. all. I, uh, I it was fun to watch the comments on the YouTube video that he did on that. Uh Joe the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray.
0: like he's he's a difference maker. He's one of those guys that he's going to He's going to give you a chance every single week because of his unique skill set. I don't. I think he's making that offensive line look better than it is. I think it's making Cliff Kingsbury look better than it is. And, um, I mean, really, w- w- what are these exciting weapons that he has? I know he has Nuke Hopkins, but, I mean, Flair Fitzgerald's washed and Christian Kirk's okay. Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds. I mean, Dan Arnold the tight end. I feel like he is making this team better than it is. He's a lot to deal with, and he's going to make them a good football team for a
1: long time. The Cardinals should be thankful for the same thing the Miami Dolphins should be thankful for. Bill O'Brien. And that's all <laughs> I I'll thought say. thought you
0: were going to say the head coach. Wow.
2: <laughs> okay. Uh, this one's tough because some circumstances have changed over the last week or so. Kyle, what do the Cincinnati Bengals have to be thankful for?
1: Uh, the, the Joe Burrow's the future of your franchise. Now, it's still the responsibility, still falls on the Bengals organization to get it right from here or else you run the risk of another Matt Stafford situation, right? Where you are a really good talent. You have all these great numbers. You'll create these magical moments and none of it's going to matter because your team's going to finish six and 10 or seven and nine every single year. Cincinnati cannot just bank on Joe Burrow being Joe Burrow and that be enough. It would be irresponsible, but you have a chance now and you have an opportunity you have to remain flexible with where you go from here versus where you thought it was going to be when you married Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow.
0: I think obviously Joe Burrow is the answer here, but I I think the opportunity for this team to really build around him this offseason because you've checked some good boxes, right? You've got Joe Mixon as as your running back who's a, a bell cow. And then you have receivers in Tyler Boyd and, and T. Higgins, who's who's been a good player for them as a rookie. And so now you can really start to be very specific and, okay, we've got to fix this. We need to get more help at receiver in different ways. We can get target a specific type player and really just get this infrastructure the way you want it because you have some really important boxes checked in building an offense. Indianapolis
2: Colts, Joe.
0: Defense, man. Not a lot of teams can play defense this year, but the Colts can. And um, all three levels are playing well. Uh, They're getting some good play out of Xavier Rhodes and, you know, Philip Revers has stabilized the offense and they've had some good productions from young players and Naheem Hines and and Michael Pittman and obviously good offensive line, but defense is what this team is about. And it's uh, keeping them in this AFC South race.
1: Yeah. uh, Four turnovers against the Packers, right. For the the Colts and their defense. And, you know, we kind of anticipated Joe that, We were going to find out if the Colts were for real, and we anticipated that maybe they wouldn't be, but coming off of the bye week, they beat Detroit by 20 points. They lost a well-contested game to Baltimore, and then they've beaten the Titans in Tennessee and Green Bay in consecutive weeks and now face Tennessee. They're at Houston, and then they play the Raiders before playing the Steelers later in the season. They, they needed this stretch of play. They needed to steal games to have a legit chance to secure a playoff berth, and they've done that for themselves now at 7-3. and three.
2: The Green Bay Packers, Kyle.
1: Aaron Rodgers and Devontae, uh, Devontae Adams is another one as far as uh, being able to create magic offensively and coming up effectively empty-handed on your first two picks from your 2020 NFL draft as far as contributing to this year's team, and yet this team continues to light it up offensively and has a great chance, despite their limitations uh, in run defense and defensively overall, to make a playoff push. I think the NFC is wide open, and I don't think the Saints are without their limitations, and Green Bay should look at, we got 12, we got Devontae Adams, we got a shot.
0: I'm going to go with Matt LaFleur. Um, I mean, I thought this was a a peculiar hire at the time. You didn't look at his resume and and find slam dunk credentials to be the head coach of a prestigious organization like the Green Bay Packers, uh, replacing a coach in Mike McCarthy that, say what you want about him, had a lot of success. He came in, dude, 20-6 and in his first 26 games as their head coach. They're probably going to push 11, 12, 13 wins. I mean, to have back-to-back seasons like he has to start his career, Man, that says a lot about uh, the coach that he is and the coach he can develop into.
2: John Gruden's Las Vegas Raiders, Joe.
1: I'll tell you what. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what, man.
0: Derek Carr, man. Like, Derek Carr's uh, played a different style of football, and and I think the, the move to get Henry Ruggs in the building has really opened up his eyes to some of the vertical stuff because I don't know that Derek Carr was ever not a good vertical passer. He just didn't do it. And so now he's opening up his eyes. He's throwing the football down the field, and um, he's engineering a a more dynamic offense. And so um, I think him taking a step when, I don't know, guys don't normally do that at this point in their career, is why the Raiders are in it.
1: Uh, I would say John Gruden's offense and their ability to put points on the board, they should be most thankful for. Uh, They've rushed for over 200 yards in half of their last four football games. Uh, They put 209 up on Cleveland in a 16-6 win, and they put 203 on Denver in a 37-12 win. And they've needed it because when they don't get five turnovers against the Broncos and they don't play in a monsoon like they did in Cleveland, they cannot stop other teams from scoring points. (laughs) So to be able to know... We're going to walk into most matchups and put 28, 30 points on the board. It helps.
2: The Cleveland Browns, Kyle.
1: Kevin Stefanski, man. He comes in first year head coach. Uh, and everything we anticipated this was going to look like, it does. And, you know, maybe Baker Mayfield is not playing uh, at a super exciting level right now but at the same time, he's playing the brand of quarterback that the Browns need to operate Kevin Stefanski's offense at a proficient level.
0: I'll go with a weird answer here, and I'm going to say improved tackling on defense. Um, As somebody who roots for a team that is bad at tackling, that has been in the bottom three uh, in 2018 and 2019 and has the fifth most missed tackles this year, I'm very familiar with the teams that are normally around the Bills, and the Browns are right there when it comes to bad tackling. They fixed it. They're like in the bottom five right now in the NFL with missed tackles. And like, it's funny how just hidden yards are right there when you can actually get guys down with consistency. And I think that's contributed to them. uh, You know, in addition to Kevin Stefanski, what he's been able to do offensively, uh, cleaning up their tackling issues has made that defense better.
2: The Minnesota Vikings, Joe.
0: Young players, I mean, they have so many young football players that are, are helping them right now, whether it's Justin Jefferson or DJ Wanham or Jeff Gladney or Cameron Dansler. They they had to reset a little bit here. They were up against it with the cap and they had a ton of draft capital and they're getting meaningful contributions from these young football players as they've kind of retooled a little bit. And I don't think they're rebuilding, but they had to replenish some talent. They They invested in a bunch of rookies this year and they're getting
1: dividends from them. I would say contract structures because after 2021, we can get out of this Kirk Cousins contract extension and not be on the hook for the $45 million cap hit that he's currently scheduled for in 2022 (laughs) with just $10 million in dead cap. You can save yourself as an organization $35 million against the cap by making this decision to move on from Kirk Cousins and you just have to wait one more year. That's what I'm thankful for if I'm Minnesota. All right. I can't wait to see your answers for this one.
2: Kyle, the New York football
1: Jets. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence. That's it. I mean, it's, it's, it's the hope and promise. You should be thankful you kept Adam Gase for another year to see the tank all the way through. And it, damn it, it's working to perfection because this team, uh, even though they have shown a little bit of life offensively with Joe Flacco, which I think is interesting. Uh, the last couple of weeks, they, they're they not like dead fish anymore, right? They've got a little spunk to them. Uh, but, yeah, you, you're, you're thankful for what the air and aura of Trevor Lawrence can bring you down the road.
0: I think it's Joe Douglas having his fingerprints more on this team after this offseason. He's going to have a chance to be part of a coaching search he's gonna have what well, you have two first round picks two second round picks to to add more young talent to this football team uh and you also have a situation where what do they have a hundred million dollars in cap space as well i mean they're in like at the top three in a year where the cap's going down to potentially 175 million they've got a ton to work with so they're in a really unique position here to add a lot of young players through the draft which i love what he did in the draft last year get a new coach and and even be aggressive in free agency so more Joe Douglas his hands on this team should uh, lead to better days
2: the carolina panthers joe
0: um i guess joe brady i feel i feel like he's only going to be there for one year um but i think he's come in and and given this offense some more juice than i thought it would uh with teddy bridgewater at quarterback and, um, you know, I, I don't think they have a great offensive line and we know that Joe Brady offense is spread. It's five man protection. And, uh, he's been able to make that work. I thought that could get ugly, but his scheme's going to work in the NFL. And he doesn't even have like the full complement of players. They didn't even draft an offensive player for this guy to work with. Uh, so, uh, I, I think that he's exciting and we'll see if he, they can keep him for much longer.
1: I would say young talent. You look at, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, you know, young talent there at the skill positions and Christian McCaffrey and defensively Jeremy Chin with what he's looked like this season. And that young talent gives you a lot to work with moving forward. And I think that's the one thing when I look at Carolina, it's like, man, they have some really nice pieces in house already to work with
0: Burns and Brown,
2: too. Yes, it's crazy. The,
1: The New England Patriots, Kyle. Potential for continuity. Um, and when I say that, I don't mean from a personnel perspective because they're going to have sweeping changes, but let's be honest, Bill Belichick, is the second oldest head coach in the NFL, well, I guess third now with Romeo Cornell be- being operating in an interim status behind Pete Carroll as well. But, um, Josh McDaniels has passed up on how many jobs now, and you feel like that's kind of next in line and you think about a lot of the successful organizations and they're able to keep a lot of that in house and do transitions and promote from within. And as the Patriots, you have to start thinking about not just like the next two years, but you have to start thinking about the next decade. And Bill Belichick's not going to be here for it. So having somebody who's been there for as long as he is, he's ingrained in the culture. Uh, I think that's something they should be thankful for. As they hope to avoid the fall off to mediocrity and insignificance that so many other dynasties endure.
0: Well, I mean, This is kind of a weird answer, but you should be thankful for the last 20 years that you had with the Super Bowl runs and Tom Brady and a historic football team. But it's it's at that point now where it's inevitable that there's a rebuild coming and you can do that rebuild on the heels of the greatest run of football teams ever had. It ain't like the Kyle and Joe rebuilds and the Chris rebuilds that we have to do when you're rebuilding a failed rebuild after another failed rebuild after another failed rebuild. Like you get to do this on the on the foundation of of ridiculous success so they got cap space and and even within that like Kyle said there's an opportunity for continuity so um it's gonna look different but man you got a lot to be proud of the Dallas Cowboys Joe is this the toughest one yet I guess I'll go C.D. Lamb falling to 18 in the draft uh look I mean they had different needs uh but C.D. Lamb is is the real deal and I think that's just an example of a guy falling and you had no other choice to make because he's just the best. He stands out as the absolute best player on the board. And because of him, you're allowed to you're, you're enabled to really just build this passing offense. They need to bring back Dak, but when they do, he's going to have Amari Cooper and CD lamb right there waiting for him. Who knows what happens with Gallup? uh, But CD lamb is a, is a really premier young talent that I, I, I think they should be lucky to have because he shouldn't have made it to 18.
1: I don't know how, The answer is not Dak Prescott because you've seen what this offense looks like with all the other pieces. I know there's some offensive line guys that are hurt right now, but the offense with Dak versus the offense without Dak is two very dramatically different stories. So Dallas wake the hell up, sign your franchise quarterback, stop being cute and let's push play on this thing. Moving forward. Kyle, the Los Angeles Rams. Um, Sean McVay and Jared Goff, you know, that's, I talked about this with, with Brentley Weissman this week for uh, TDN's YouTube channel. And and he wanted to talk about like, why does everybody sleep on Jared Goff? And one of the things we settled on is, oh, well, it becomes very common to, to peg quarterbacks as system quarterbacks when they're with a successful head coach, but name a quarterback head coach combo that isn't Like to some degree, a byproduct of the other one being there as well. And I think this combo of Goff and McVay is going to keep the Rams relevant regardless of what other interchangeable pieces that they have and and what other personnel decisions that they make uh, year in and year out.
0: I'm going to go with defensive coordinator Brandon Staley. This guy's got this unit playing really, really well. He has a pretty light resume going into this job that he holds, but he's been unbelievable since week four. Here's some numbers for you. The Rams are first in the NFL when it comes to points per game at 16.2. First in yards per game allowed 258.3. First in yards per play 4.3. First in passing yards per game 172. And first in yards per passing attempt at 5.9. This guy has come in. Well, he's got Jalen Ramsey. He's got Aaron Donald. Michael Brockers is a good player. But what else? Like, what else do you look at from this defensive roster and say, yeah, those are like plus starters and real difference makers. I think that he's proven that he's got a hell of a scheme, that he can get the most out of players. And, uh, man, like he's going to be on the fast track to head coaching gig if he continues this defensive success. Uh,
2: by the way, I think the Rams head coach, offensive coordinator, and defensive coordinator all are, are all under the age of 40. So yeah. just to put that into perspective of how young that coaching staff is. The Houston Texans, Joe.
0: Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I mean – Next team, Kyle and I are done here.
2: Okay, all right, no, that's fine. We'll just keep it there. Uh, Kyle, (laughs) the Kansas City
1: Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) Period. Nothing else to add. Okay, all right. We'll just fly
2: through these now. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who's first? I think it's I think
1: it's you, Joe. It's technically you. Um,
0: I'll I'll go with I'll go with the defense. Um, it's a good it's a tough, stout unit up front. Uh, young, talented players on the back end. Todd Bowles is a really, really, really good defensive coordinator, and you know their offense has had some really exciting moments, and it's had some really poor moments. But that defense, I think, is the strength of this football team. Surprisingly, and um, that's what they should be thankful for right now.
1: I would agree uh, with defense. Defensively, they have uh, a lot of impressive horses up front, and their ability to. Uh, play the run and stop the run at a high level is is something that you know will lend well to playoff. I think if they get their chemistry right with their offense and, and the cooks in the kitchen and whether it's Bruce Arians taking over play calling duties or whatever that looks like, um, I think there's a lot to be excited about for a potential playoff push, provided presumably they don't run into the Saints in the playoffs. Um, but this is also a team that has a very soft schedule after uh, one more difficult game against the Kansas City Chiefs. So they should be looking at taking care of business, be an 11 win football team, probably the five seed in the NFC. And let's push play, let's figure it out, and then let's go win some road games. Final three teams the Baltimore Ravens, Kyle. Uh, knowing what went wrong and Knowing you can fix it, so you look at Baltimore and they're six and four, probably potentially six and five after playing Pittsburgh this week. You never know with the rivalry games, and they should have beat them the first time they played. But you lost Marshall Yonda, you traded Hayden Hurst, and then Nick Boyle got hurt, and those pieces were all like core, cornerstone pieces of of who you were and your identity offensively. So. Go address them because you've seen what it looks like without them. Now, let's get replacement players at high level players to step into those roles and uh, let's get back to playing the Ravens' offense from 2019.
0: I think it's that. I mean, they're six and four. I don't think they're the team that they wanted to be this year so far. But even despite that, with some issues. I don't want to play him. Right? You have tough to deal with crap on your football team whether it's Lamar and speed on offense and a power run game that is can take your will as an opponent or a defensive front 7 that is fast, physical and stout and ball hawks on the back end. You you have a recipe that nobody wants to deal with even when you don't have your best stuff.
2: The Seattle Seahawks, Joe. Uh
0: DK Metcalf DK Metcalf. I mean, Russ Wilson's amazing. Um, Tyler Lockett's amazing, but DK Metcalf is is that that game changer that allows Russ to really have a vertical weapon down the field that gives him a true mismatch that forces other teams to say, "You, how, what are we? How are we going to deal with this?" You know, and I I think that he's made a big difference in this offense. I think his presence has allowed them to open things up and become more of a pass heavy team. Um, so I want to go with DK.
1: I'll go with Carlos Dunlap because if he gives them the juice to rush the passer that we felt like they were missing, it adds a new component to this defense that has was like on pace to be historically bad through the first month of the season. And uh, you know, they could score points. So if you could score points, you can get on top of teams and you got a pass rusher like Carlos Dunlap now in the fold. I think that helps you a lot.
2: All right, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but this is the last team. Do you know who the team is? Have you been keeping track?
1: No. Joe?
0: Um it's not jumping out to me, no.
1: Okay.
2: I just didn't know if you guys were keeping track. Cause I no. wouldn't have if I didn't have the paper in front of me. Kyle, the Philadelphia Eagles, what <laughs> do they have to be thankful for? <laughs>
1: So glad it's set up this way. Maybe maybe you got a quarterback with a second-round pick to be your star. <laughs> <I don't, laughs> no, like, Carson Wentz has regressed so bad. The offensive line is old and torn to shreds. They are a mess from a salary cap perspective. Uh, I'll say Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox continues to be a stud regardless.
0: Are they in first place in the division? They
1: are, they are by half a, half a game, half yep. Half a game. So... <laughs>
0: through all of this, right? They're in the driver's seat to host a home playoff game. I don't know if that's good or not, but that's what they should be thankful for that despite all of this, they got a chance.
2: There you have it, gentlemen. Those are all 32 teams. Done. You've told them what they all need to be thankful for this Thanksgiving.
1: Very thankful for this podcast and Shuby and Joe and uh the listeners of Locked are on Draft Eats. So Joe, anything you're thankful for?
0: Um Yeah, I mean I'm thankful for for a lot, right? I mean, I I'm very blessed. So, uh I'm thankful for everyone that takes the time to push play on this podcast, man. If we didn't have anyone listening, we wouldn't get to do this stuff. So, uh thank you for your support and um you know, giving us your ear to ramble for 30 45 minutes a day.
1: Shuby, you are also obligated now as our producer, to say what you're thankful for. Oh,
2: this is easy. I mean, 2020 has been a very weird and interesting year for everybody. I'm thankful for everybody in my life being healthy. I am thankful for the opportunity to work with you guys now on a a daily basis on this show. I'm just thankful for the opportunities that have been presented uh, to me in a trying year. And uh, I think everybody has kind of looked at this year as okay, I need to be a little bit more thankful for things that maybe I, I kind of neglected. And uh, I, I can definitely put myself in that category. So I'm just thankful for all the opportunities and family and friends and, and you guys as well to be able to do this with you guys.
1: Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Shuby-Schubert, the Draft Dudes Podcast. Thank you as always for listening. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Stay safe, stay healthy. Enjoy the football. Thanks for listening. We'll talk with you guys again on Friday.